Hi, welcome back to Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed, and we are here with episode 16 and talking about six ways to prepare for birth with scoliosis. So if you missed last episode where we talked about four ways to prepare for pregnancy with scoliosis, I would head back to that episode and take a listen. We just covered um, some ideas and ways that you can prepare for pregnancy. And those ways were to understand your curve, uh, research your birth team and kind of select and choose them beforehand have a pelvic floor specialist um, examine your pelvic floor and be as strong as possible within your corrected position. So before we hop into the topic of the day, I'd like to um, start with a little bit of an update. Last week, I went to a CEO summit with Krista Gurka um, and some other female business owners who are boutique uh, wellness and fitness owners in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And it was a lot of fun. We um, did a lot of work and reflection on things we've accomplished this past year, what didn't go so well, um, and ways we can improve in 2023. And it was really nice to just be able to connect with other women who are in the same boat as me and actually make some friends. So um, as an adult, I feel like you don't get that experience very much. So it was pretty cool to um, have that experience last week. And um, also wanted to, oh, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about, sorry, I have some notes and a little outline and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I did the trip, I drove six hours each way and my back was really unhappy with me when I did that. Um, especially the, by the drive back, I just returned with a lot of SI joint pain and uh, my thoracic spine was feeling really stiff. So it just take, took me a little bit of time, probably a couple days of being consistent in my scolio routine, exercise routine for it to feel better. And I just want to remind you that having scoliosis and having a plan with scoliosis, you can know everything, but you still will likely experience pain here and there. It's just a matter of knowing what to do when you have the pain. So if you don't have a plan, if you don't have any tools in your toolbox, it can feel really uh, overwhelming and kind of hopeless when you are experiencing pain. Um, so also wanted to kind of on that same note, I am finishing up the, uh, last few parts of a product I'm going to be offering come black Friday, cyber Monday, it will be 50% off. It is, uh, called scoliosis tips. And basically it's six months of weekly emails that will come out. So you'll get one email a week for six months. And there will be a little video in that email with a tip of the day about something that you can change throughout your day to make your back feel better. So I'll be reviewing um, how to sit in a better way, how to unload your dishwasher, um, 
meal prep at the counter, all sorts of things that will really add up to make a big change overall on how you're feeling. So I'm really excited about that coming out. So stay tuned a uh, couple weeks yet. I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. On to the topic of the day, um, six ways to prepare for birth with scoliosis. I am a strong advocate that knowledge is power with scoliosis, um, but in combination with pregnancy and birth, even more so because the, just the thought of pregnancy and birth for someone that has scoliosis, it can be extremely overwhelming and scary. And like I said, last week, I kind of listed off a bunch of things, crazy things that some of you have been told about being pregnant with scoliosis and it's, it's sad and it's very scary because a lot of it isn't true. And someone is completely changing their life because of something a doctor said that who doesn't fully understand, um, kind of the repercussions of what they're saying. So, um, you know, the, these tools that I'm giving you, I want you to have peace of mind that you did absolutely everything in your power to prepare for the birth of your child. Um, you know, birth can be really unpredictable and we can't control everything. So just have that in the back of your mind as I'm going through these tips with you. And, um, I hope that you will learn something. So, uh, tip number one is to have an exercise plan when it comes, um, when you're pregnant. So there are, um, six phases when you are going through your pregnancy phase one is pre-pregnancy. So that's before you even get pregnant, you are uh, working on progressive overloading. So that's increasing your strength, increasing your speed. And <clears throat> this is where, um, you are getting as strong as you possibly can in order to prepare for your pregnancy within your scolio corrections. In phase two, that is your first trimester. And in this phase, the goal is to preserve uh, your function pre-pregnancy and you're not gaining, you're not losing ground. You're just basically um, staying, you know, even keel there. And then phase three is your second trimester. And during this trimester, you want to begin progressively underloading. And in order to do this properly, I highly suggest working with a trainer or a fitness professional who can understand how to make those little adjustments and so that you're doing it properly. And phase four is your third trimester. The goal is to continue to progressively underload and just remain active within your ability. So, or just managing any symptoms that might be coming up because of your pregnancy and trying to stay as active as you possibly can. And then phase five is postpartum and that's uh, zero to six weeks. And the goal here is just to be reconnecting with your body, um, healing. So doing scar massage, mobilization, um, once that wound heals and it's appropriate and 
just beginning to learn breath control and core control again. And then uh, phase six is postpartum plus. So that's after six weeks. And the goal is to reintroduce progressive overloading again, but you're going at a much slower pace than you did uh, pre-pregnancy. So you're increasing your strength gains again, you're increasing your speed and your output and just returning back to function. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. We have a special guest coming on, uh, Dr. Mary, and she is a um, pelvic floor specialist. So I'm really excited to have her on. And I just wanted to mention real quick, everything that I'm sharing with you in this episode um, are things that I learned in a pelvic floor course I'm taking through New England Pelvic Doc Collective. And they are, if you're a physical therapist um, and you work with a lot of pelvic floor, it's combining orthopedic and pelvic floor principles together. Sorry about that. I um, have a little bit of a cold, so I may have to pause here and there during this episode so I don't cough in your ear. Um, The other thing to consider when you are exercising during pregnancy is to um, make sure that you understand some adaptations that you may need to be making. One of those being uh, when you're squatting, you may want to bring your feet into an externally rotated position in your hips. What this does provides some space for your belly, and also it helps to stabilize your SI joint. So by going into that external rotation, we're kind of closing the pelvis in the back, and um, that can help to feel a lot better when you're doing squatting especially with weights. And um, also when you're doing core work, you may, well, you do need to be elevating your head a little bit above your heart. So a way that you can do that is use the Scoliopilates K2 wedge. It's very handy. Um, It is an investment, like I've said before, but you'll use it even after pregnancy for elongation, um, really gentle decompression, It just feels like a nice little hug on your spine and, um, using that during your, your core work, when you are pregnant, you don't have to lift your head off the floor. It's already putting you in a little bit of an incline. So it helps you to connect to your core a little bit better without even having to lift your head. And then the final consideration when you're exercising during pregnancy is to make sure that you're training in a functional way. So after you give birth, you're going to be having to tote around a lot of really heavy stuff. Um, A lot of times you'll be carrying things just on one side. So doing some single um, arm, single leg strengthening is very functional and helpful for your recovery afterwards and doing things like deadlifting, because you're going to be lifting up a car seat, a carrier, baby carrier, 
even your child uh, from the floor pretty repetitively. And you want to have the strength and ability to do that without your back talking to you. Okay. Spent a lot of time on point one here. Um, <clears throat> moving on to point two is uh, performing perineal massage. So um, this is a specific area of your body. It's um, <clears throat> it's an area that is not touched very often. And um, it's an area that ends up getting torn often during birth. And there's things that you can do to prepare the area so that um, tears are less significant. So they're not like going into the grade three, grade four range. Um, and it also helps a lot with kind of preparing, um, your body to endure labor and the stress that can happen during birth, um, to those tissues. So this usually starts around <clears throat> 35 weeks. You can do it a little bit earlier, but, um, it's helpful to increase that stimulus to the area. Kind of, like I said, you're going from like zero to 100. Um, if you don't do this prior and it can be a really big shock to your nervous system. So when you, your body isn't prepared for this, you end up kind of contracting your pelvic floor instead of allowing it to relax, um, <clears throat> during labor, sorry because, um, your body is perceiving it as a threat. It's not expecting it. And, um, we want that stimulus to actually be perceived as something that's safe. It's okay. And it doesn't, um, cause you to tighten up. Um, as always, it's important to do this under the guidance of a pelvic floor specialist. Um, because you want to make sure that you're doing it properly. So just a couple of guidelines to keep in mind. You can do this twice a week. Uh, doing it more often isn't necessarily better. And when you do these sessions, you want to do about five to 15 minutes. And uh, some other guidelines and things to think about. If while you're doing this, the stretch is not uncomfortable or burn, you're likely probably not doing it correctly. So um, that is why it's important to have a pelvic floor specialist guiding you um, so that you know that you're doing it properly. And then the third way to prepare is to know the labor timeline and fetal stationing uh, during each stage. So um, as far as your contractions go, early labor is when you are, sorry, dilation. Um, early labor is when you are um, zero to three centimeters, and this can last a long time. You might have some mild cramping, but you can kind of go about your day and it, you're not really affected. <clears throat> and then early active labor is between four and five centimeters. And your focus here should be on resting, but then when you have a contraction, you want to get up and move around to kind of alleviate the intensity of that contraction. And then active labor is between um, six and eight centimeters. And your focus is on the contractions and um, 
managing your symptoms. So again, getting up and moving around when you are experiencing those contractions to make yourself more comfortable. And then finally, uh, transition is eight to 10 centimeters and your stress levels will be through the roof likely at this um, phase because um, you'll begin to kind of doubt yourself and it's a lot of stress and pain um, at this point. Uh, but anticipating that, knowing that it's going to happen and having a supportive partner there with you to be your advocate and support you with what you plan that you wanted to do um, in your labor experience. Okay. And then number four is understanding um, your options for labor and birth. So you don't have to lie flat on your back. Um, you know, so if you want to, that's fine, but that's not a necessity. Some other really great options are doing a deep squat, standing, um, getting into like a semi lunge position, a Captain Morgan position with one foot up onto a chair. Um, getting onto all fours, um, then you can do like a mod modification of being on all fours and have your upper body resting at the heading, at the heading, at the and then Ooh. sure what's happening here. I'm getting some weird. Whoa. Okay getting some weird notifications. Hopefully you can still hear me. <clears throat> um, and then also uh, getting into a sideline position, it's helpful for the corkscrew effect. So um, there's different stations within the pelvis that the baby goes through. Um, when it's up in the pelvic inlet, it's helpful for the mom to go into external rotation with her knees and her hips. So the knees fall out to the sides that helps the baby to descend. And then as the baby is transitioning and kind of turning down the canal, it's helpful to um, have kind of a shearing force in that pelvis. So having one foot a little elevated, the other foot lower. So kind of Captain Morgan position, um, the sideline position, even um, walking uh, on a sidewalk with one foot on a sidewalk, one foot on the ground, that can be helpful as well. Not that you can really leave um, leave the hospital and do that, but um, and then finally is when the baby goes out the outlet um, and descends out the pelvis. You. Uh, can help facilitate that by turning the knees inward and going into some internal rotation. And that helps to open up the bottom of the pelvis. I'm hitting my mic because I'm doing a lot of hand movements here. So just knowing and understanding those different stages can be really helpful for your pain levels, um, helpful for just facilitation of that baby out of your body. Uh, number five is learning proper pushing techniques. So uh, people are generally taught what is considered a closed glottis technique. And that's where you close your mouth and you hold your breath and you count to four. 
But unfortunately, when you do this, it actually closes and tightens your pelvic floor and it increases your risk for tears. So instead, an open glottis uh, technique is preferable. So that's when you take a deep breath in. And then on the exhale, you open your mouth, which helps to relax your pelvic floor. Also, a lot of screaming happens um, generally when women are getting birth. Um, but kind of as a little demonstration, if you are able to, I hope like maybe you're in your car, you're by yourself, you can do this, but, or you can kind of do this into a pillow. I like you to scream into your pillow or just kind of scream in your car by yourself. Um, and notice what happens to your pelvic floor when you do that. So, um, I'm assuming that you probably felt it tightened up. Okay, so now I want you to try humming in a nice low tone. And now notice what happens to your pelvic floor. It relaxes and it kind of opens up. So this is a really good technique to keep in mind when you are um, in the pushing phase. Also changing your position around about every five contractions or so is important to help facilitate the baby's descent. And then finally, uh, within this same point, point number five, um, there's actually a natural reflex uh, that happens when the baby is 100% effaced. So that means your cervix is completely thinned and you are 10 centimeters dilated and you're at a two plus stationing. So this, uh, this little reflex that happens is called the fetal ejection reflex. And that's when your body just naturally bears down on its own. Like you can't stop it from happening. So, um, it's really helpful if you are, if you wait until that happens, um, because that also helps to reduce the risk of tears. So your, your cervix and your body are ready for that baby to leave your body. And then point number six, finally, is uh, partner support and prep. So having your birth partner come with you to some sessions um, with your pelvic floor specialist so that they can help you possibly with some perennial massage. And um, also, uh, sorry, I got a little distracted there. <clears throat> Also, they will help with some pain management techniques. So some ideas for that are cupping, uh, dry brushing, actual like massage, and then having them speak positive affirmations to you. And you want to make sure that you discuss with them some of your preferences or all of your preferences before you're actually in that scenario. So you may want to bring like a sleep mask with you, uh, discuss what kind of lighting, if you have, you know, control over that. Sometimes you don't in a birthing center, but, you know, hopefully things will change eventually um, with that, depending on where you are doing your, your birth. Um, some other things to think about are what temperature you're, you want the room to be. Um, wearing comfortable clothing, having maybe a fun playlist that has a variety of moods on there, 
um, some snacks, a stress ball, texture board, things like that. So um, that was a little bit of, <laughs> that, was, that was a lot. But in summary, um, those are six ways that you can prepare for birth with scoliosis. And again, making it feel less daunting. Um, the birth experience is very overwhelming, especially if this is your first pregnancy. So the more education uh, that you have, the better, the more knowledge you have, the better. So those six points in summary, um, make an exercise plan for pregnancy, uh, perennial massage, know the no labor timeline and fetal stationing at each stage, understand your options for labor and birth, learn the proper uh, pushing technique and wait for that reflex. And then finally have the support of your partner um, so that they can help prepare you the best as you can. Okay, so that is it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining as always. I appreciate you. Thank you for being part of this community. If you know anybody with scoliosis, please share this episode with them and help them to learn a little bit more about um, their options and how to best prepare for birth with scoliosis. Have a great day.